Welcome to the magical world of fitness witchcraft. I'm your host, Emily Flood, and I created fitness witchcraft specifically to help witches and spiritual women to become mentally and physically healthy after trauma. On this podcast, you can expect to hear things from fitness and nutrition to deity work, channeling, quantum healing, spells, collapsing the timelines, and more because you get to become the person who combines their magic with every single aspect of your life. Hello, my fitness witches, a couple of announcements before we get started today and dive into this very special interview with Liz, who's going to go over so much good juicy info about what it's like to kind of come out as spiritual, especially in a very academic setting that she was in. But the announcements. Okay, yes. First up, I am holding a Spirit Guides and Deity Work 101 mini course starting next month. It'll be at least the third week of September because I'm traveling the second week of September. So you guys have a bit of time to sign up, but you want to sign up now because what I like to do whenever I get the idea or like a download for an event, because here's what happened. I got the idea for this event after my dog was sprayed by a skunk for the fifth time (laughs) at my parents' house. I always like to, one of my One of the things that I use in my coaching and for my life is how are these challenges opportunities? And so when Freya was sprayed by the skunk, I was like, okay, how might this be an opportunity? How might my spirit guides be trying to communicate with me via the skunk spray instead of viewing myself as a victim of my dog being curious and a victim of the skunk? And the answer that I received is, well, they probably want you to slow down if they wore you out because you had to give your dog a bath and all of these things. And so I went and I laid down and I did a journey to speak with my guides. And what came in was doing a Spirit Guides and Deity 101 mini course specifically for your fitness journey. So what we're going to be doing in this mini course with a few details that I have. um, And so side note, ADHD thought there. But um, what I like to do is when I get the download um, for an event and when I get the idea, I like to just start selling it before I have the entire long sales page like planned out, the exact dates and everything. So you can save $200 for at least the next week when you sign up now without knowing all of the details because the recordings are going to be involved. But at minimum, we are going to be going on a guided power animal retrieval to find your power animal We'll also be going on a guided journey to the upper world to either you can speak with your future self or leaving in the room for another guide or a deity to come in and speak with you. We're going to be talking about Deity Work 101 and what that can kind of look like in practicality, offerings, any questions that you guys are going to have, overcoming any like objections or fears that you guys might have about working with guides. And specifically how to call on your guides specifically for your fitness journey and like in practical terms and practical application, right? Not some big esoteric thing where you always have to have like a ritual with 15 steps and all of that. We don't do that. And so then the other part is we're also going to do a guided journey where if you have listened to any of my podcasts on float tanks We're going to be recreating that in meditation. So I'll be doing a guided journey for you guys to the lower world to release any aspects of yourself, any beliefs that are no longer serving you and the person that you are trying to become with the goals that you have. So this is going to be very much like a beginner-friendly crash course in really getting to know your guides and specifically how to work with them for your fitness journey. And I am so excited to share this with you guys and to present this to you guys. Um, so sign up 
That'll be in the show notes. It's only $97 right now, so you can save $200 before all of the details get released. And then in other news, Unshaming Fitness, our October round is open for presale. Four people have already signed up, which is absolutely incredible. And guys, this six-week fitness mindset program is life-changing. You get my 10-1-10 Unshaming Resistance Protocol. So if you ever feel like you don't want to meal prep or don't want to go to the gym, this is the program that will help you to dive into those subconscious reasons for why you actually don't want to do those things, to help you uncover that, to help you dive into those memories and any trauma that might be there and feel safe with taking action on your goals again. So we are in week five of the Unshaming Fitness round for this month. And so the next round will be open in October and you can get it on pre-sale as well too. There's an extended payment plan option available. And then of course, enrollment for the Warrior Goddess Transformation Program is always open. And specifically, a lot of people have been coming in over the last month for the mindset, the spiritual mindset portion of this course specifically, because you still get all of this important belief shifting work around changing your beliefs around your relationship with food, changing your beliefs around your ability to reach your goals, your ability to take action on your goals. And we do deeper ritual work each and every week on our Thursday ritual calls. And this week, we're going to be diving into tarot archetypes and doing a guided journey to connect to the energy of an archetype. And this is just truly like a mindset course that really helps to get your subconscious mind on board, which is where the rapid transformation can take place. When you integrate all of this witchy, spiritual, ritual work, it helps you to create faster change in your life because it helps you to create those identity shifts at a subconscious level, which then impacts your conscious behaviors and your conscious thoughts. And so all of these programs really are designed to create very rapid transformations in your life. And I cannot wait to see you guys in these programs. And now on to the interview with Liz. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and you can send me a screenshot of review for $200 off any program that is more than $200, of course. And also shoot me a message. Let me know on my Facebook group what you thought of these I absolutely love hearing from listeners. It truly makes my day when you kind of send me your reflections on each episode and it just builds that sense of community. So I love hearing from you guys. You're never bothering me. Please reach out with all of your thoughts from the episode and enjoy this wonderful conversation with Liz. Welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness with Em. And we have a very, very special guest here with us today. We have Dr. Liz DeFinis, and she is one of my coaches. Actually, she is a sport coach in the program that I am in. And Liz is a mom of three who inspires high achieving moms to manifest meaningful memories without sacrificing their career goals using Reiki aligned psychological strategies. So we're going to talk about all the mindset psychology and witchy things today, but welcome. I'm so excited to bring you to my audience, Liz. Yes. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. I would love for you to share a little bit of your story because how you got started with your business is a pretty crazy ride. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, sometimes even when I tell the story, I'm like, is this real? Because <laughs> it kind of seems like a movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I always wanted to start a business. So like we can kind of start at the beginning. And I know that I'm sure that you have lots of feelings about things like beach body coaches and all the things, right? 
And that's really where it all started for me. Um, Beachbody helped me to really realize and unlock an entire world that I didn't actually know existed in um, personal development. They kept talking about like PD and I was like, what is this thing? And they're like, yeah, like books that like are self-help books. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So that is where I was just 10 years ago, um, really like eight years ago um, after I had my two boys. And so I started, I became a beach buddy coach and jumped into that kind of coaching world. And um I wanted to start a business. I wanted to be able to work from home. I felt like I got that taste as a Beachbody coach. I was like, oh my gosh, I could like work from home. And I saw people up, 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 up line, right? <laughs> Doing it and killing it. And I was like, what if I could do that? And so I dabbled in like blogging and all kinds of different like little things to try to see if I could make money online. Um, but it wasn't until 2020 when I had my daughter. And um, again, I was faced with this, like I had a baby and I really wanted to be home with her. And I looked around at my life and was like, how could you be here again <laughs> where you have a baby and you still in seven years, you haven't figured out how to start a business and like work from home. And so I felt pretty frustrated. And when I had my daughter, she had a stroke. And so what happened was it wasn't just me feeling those feelings, but it was also that she couldn't go to daycare and um, I needed to find an alternative. COVID also hit that year, as we all know, the famous 2020. So um, COVID hit, which made things even more complicated. And then all of a sudden I had three kids at home, um, but I just jumped right in, right? I was like, I want to make this work. I would, I want to be home with my kids. I want to have this experience. And so I wrote a book in 30 days. I started launching little low ticket courses. Um, I just did crazy things and was like, I'm going to make this work. And I did, I did make it work. Um, you know, three years later, it's impressive to see how far that I've come, but I've got to say, you know, everyone starts somewhere. And that's really what it was for me. It was like, it was just the getting started. It was kind of like lighting that fire and being unapologetic about just being myself and going all in on it. I love that. And that piece about being yourself and I want to know where the Reiki came in with all of this, because I know that you, you were working at a university. I can't remember if you still are or not, but like, what was it like to bring in the Reiki after coming from such a professional academic world? Yeah, it was definitely challenging. So I first did, I did my first Reiki certification right after finishing the book. So it was really early spring, 2020. Um, and then I, I really like, I was still dabbling in the business. So I was doing Reiki constantly for free because I was like practicing, right? It was always like, go practice for free, right? So I was offering all of this Reiki for free. And um, I just didn't understand the monetization side of things. So I really didn't use Reiki then for a long time. I kind of like used it for myself, but I wasn't really doing Reiki with clients um, until I went through more of an intense training, like a year and a half later where somebody was offering like an integrative um, experience and being able to be um, certified and attuned and everything Reiki. So I decided to do that. It was, of course, it was $7,000. So it was not like my first one was literally $17. So the very big gap between the two prices. Um, but I loved what she was going to do with it, right? So um, it was the training for Reiki one and two was two days, I think, two, no, three days. And then master was two days. Um, but it was like eight hours each day. So it was like very integrative. And it was like, you could just feel that collective energy of the group. And so it's very powerful. So when I first started integrating Reiki, I wasn't really integrating it all that well, because I was doing it for free. Um, but 
it was later when I went through that process, that collective process that I started to talk about this more on my personal page, which was really uncomfortable coming from not only like the academic world, but like the the scientific academic world. Mm -hmm. So I teach in occupational therapy. And so in the therapy medical world, you know, everybody's very like measurable results, like how much range of motion are people getting? Like everything needs to be very like cut and dry. And so to come in with the spiritual component of Reiki felt extremely uncomfortable. And I remember sharing about it, like on my personal page and just being like, oh, I don't know what people are going to think. Cause you know, the director of the university and everything, they're all friends with them. So I'm like, well, I don't know how it's going to go. Like this could be, you know, something that ends the job, but um, it didn't, you know, and it's been actually really well received, which is interesting that sometimes we insert our own beliefs without actually hearing what somebody else has to say. Yes. And you know that I have gone through that through my year of working with you with bringing in all of these witchy elements. And I've actually started to integrate Reiki with my own clients too, because I got that certification like a year and a half ago and then was too nervous to use it all. And Ooh, I would love because I've had a Reiki episode, but it was like a long time ago. So I would love if you could define what Reiki energy healing is for all of the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think something that is interesting about being able to integrate um, Reiki in that way is, you know, the way that I feel like it's different for everybody. And so I feel like as I even give this answer, it's being able to know that the experience of receiving is different. The the experience of, of giving, of being able to send Reiki is different. Um, and that we all kind of get into our own way of being able to do it. And so that was one of the things for me, very similar to like what you were saying that held me back where I was just like, am I doing this right? Like, it doesn't feel right. It feels weird. And, and that's the whole point is that like, it needs to feel right for the person. Um, and so as I was able to start to get more in tune with myself, that's when I was able to really send Reiki in that way that allowed my clients to get really great results from it. So when I do Reiki with somebody, you know, um, I use a specific approach. I do an alignment activation where I go through each of the seven chakras and I um, like clean them, brush them, like bring it out. And so I do a lot of visualization with it where um, I use water as my um, like modality during the uh, during the treatment. And so it's not that I use physical water, but it's that I use water in visualization. And so I go through this process, take them to a meditation, allow them to feel like the sensation of floating. And so then I'm doing the visualization and sending that visualization of floating on water. And then I'm going through each of the seven chakras and I'm, you know, opening and I'm expanding them. Um, and then I'm bringing like, I, I use lotus flowers as like the visual for this, where there's a lotus flower for each one. And I take a petal and I keep spreading the petals like throughout the water, throughout the body, connecting each of the seven chakras. So that's my methodology. Like that's my approach to Reiki, but I do believe that it's different for everybody. My goal in this is to align, have somebody align and, and bring a feeling of like peace and tranquility, holisticness to like the way that they're feeling. A lot of times we compartmentalize in our life. You know, we have things, patterns, like we're codependent relationships and we enable others and, and all of these things. And a lot of that comes from a place of not really feeling attuned ourselves and like within ourselves. So when we can align all of the chakras and we're in that space of creating the flow between them, it allows us to show up differently in all of the areas of our life. Not that we are different, but our energy feels different. And so things that would bring on anxiety before suddenly 
don't, you know, it's so much more calming and we feel a lot more in tune with ourselves. Mm. I loved hearing how you do your Reiki personally, because like you were saying, like my process is completely different for, from yours. I have a different visualization process and I tend to call in like angels and guides and everything. And I, I get messages for people. And so I tend to talk through the sessions, but I love that visualization of the Lotus flowers and everything, because I have done a Reiki session, a couple of them with you before, and they are very peaceful. And I mean, that, that is the goal with any Reiki session is to, to feel that peace and tranquility. And I love how you were kind of saying that it, I think you were kind of tying in on how, like, it shows you that you don't need to externalize your, your healing power onto someone else with codependency and all. And what I like to tell people, it's that like, I'm not necessarily healing them or anything. It's like, I'm just getting their, their chakras to, to spin and then their body starts to, to heal itself. And so that takes that like guru-esqueness away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to give that, that power back to somebody and remind them that like, this is all inside of them, you know? And I think that there's something interesting too, in, in the realm of Reiki that like, I see other healers, you know, um, I love receiving Reiki. Like it's something to me that, um, yeah, I can do self healings, but like, there's something special about receiving it because everybody's approach is slightly different. And so even though I can send it to myself, I might not need the Reiki that I'm sending to me. Right. And it's like being able to be open to receiving from others because that experience is always different. It's always different. So it's getting into that space of knowing that and like allowing myself to, like you said, heal and and unlock powers within me that I didn't even remember we're locked up, you know? And it's like, once you come out of the healing, you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I could like spread my wings and I could breathe again. Right. And you didn't even realize that you weren't until you realize that you are again. And then, then it all of a sudden kind of hits home. It's like this concept. I had to get glasses when I was in like first or second grade. And I remember like telling my parents like, Oh my gosh, I can see the leaves on the trees. I didn't even know that it was like that before. Yeah, it's exactly like that's a great analogy. It definitely is like that. It's like you just when something's always kind of always been the way that it is, or it's been that way long enough that you have forgotten the pre, right? It's like all of a sudden, then you recognize, wow, like things could be so different. And I think that's that's a lot of how all mindset work goes, at least for me, where like I you don't know what you don't know. And then when you do, you're like, how was I even living like this before? You know, and I know for me, uh, money mindset, that's been a huge one where like, I mean, the shifts in money mindset are just ridiculously intense. And like, I think back to how things used to be and it kind of blows my mind. I mean, we, we, when I had my boys, things were not good financially. I mean, we weren't even living paycheck to paycheck to say living paycheck to paycheck. Like we, we weren't, we actually just didn't even have enough coming in. Like the end, there was like no discussion. I mean, daycare was so expensive and we just had all of this and like carrying that weight. Um, but I can remember that very first time when you like start to like get in touch with your intuition. And like, this is before I knew any of that. Right. But I remember the moment where I like got this email and like, I got, I got that like push, like you, you should respond to this email. And it was about this job in Florida. And we lived in Pennsylvania. So I was like, that's not going to happen, right? Like I have two kids, I have two stepsons, like that's not in the cards. And I felt the pull to respond. I went and responded. And, you know, fast forward, I had to trust all the things. We like sold the house in Pennsylvania. We moved. 
And I mean, that was the catalyst for being able to expand so much in my life. And once I did, I was like, I don't know. Like I was being put in such a box originally. And like, I was only thinking inside those four walls. And once I wasn't, it would just open this whole new world for me. And to be honest, I mean, the manifestations and all of the things that have come from that moment, it's crazy. It's it's just so amazing to see the changes. And so it's being able to get in touch and like realize that you are, no matter who you are or where you are in life or what you're doing, you are absolutely looking at life with a certain lens. And when you start to open up your eyes to the fact that there's thousands of perspectives, there's thousands of shades of lenses that you could put on, suddenly that one might not be the one that you choose, but it's just the one that's most comfortable for you. So you feel safe in it. But when we can start to look at the world through different perspectives, it opens doors we didn't even know existed. Mm. I love that story with building your intuition and then going to Florida. And I know like, because I work with a lot of clients who are like dipping their toes into spirituality. And a lot of the times they have fears around it because they think that it's bad. And they were told that tarot cards are evil and that they're going to get in trouble or they're going to summon a spirit or anything. And I wonder if any of that came up for you when you were starting to tap into your intuition or how you help anyone through those fears. Yeah. Um, I would say I think it came up back then, but I just, I didn't know what was happening. So I wasn't aware of the thoughts or the fears or any of the things Um, that started to really come up when, I mean, really like the, some people have stories of this and some don't. I do. I have that story of like that spiritual awakening moment where like, and when you become a Reiki master, you learn this process where you don't master Reiki, Reiki masters you. And so I have this entire story where I didn't know that that's what was happening until two years later when I went through the integrative training and they talked about this and the experience of it and allowing it to come over and like become a part of you. And I was like, oh, I've already done this. And I had that moment of like, oh, this already happened for me. Like, oh, duh. Like I've already, I've already had this power inside of me this whole time. When I had my daughter um, and, and we were in the hospital you know, she, she had, had her. And two days later, we were just getting ready to go home. We were like hours away from discharge and I was feeding her and she um, started to just move a little weird. And I noticed that like, she actually had been moving weird um, for two days. I just, it was so subtle. And so when an infant has a seizure, it's very, very subtle. It's kind of like a little bit of like a hiccup. Like they kind of just like nudge their shoulder, but they aren't like they're not like what you would picture, right? It's not like her whole body was shaking. So it took several times of seeing this to be like, something doesn't seem right. And she almost always had hiccups. So I never thought anything of it. But what I found out later is that seizures in infants can cause hiccups. And so the hiccups were actually as a result of the seizure happening. So I'm holding her and like all of this is going on. I show the nurse, she gets life flighted to another hospital. We go through this whole thing for all of these days. Um, we finally get her stable, right? We finally get her stable. We finally get her eating. And they have the thing about the NICU that is like so traumatizing for a mom (laughs) is like, they have to be weighed like constantly. And like they're weighing them in like grams. So it's like this little tiny number, you know, and like, they're like, they're judging that constantly. And so there's always this stress on like weight days of like, are they going to have gained enough weight, especially when you're breastfeeding, which I couldn't breastfeed, but I was pumping and we were giving her the milk. And so it's like, does the milk have enough fat in it? Are you eating enough fat to get enough fat into the milk? Which at the same time, you're also like, already thinking about losing baby weight. But yet over mm-hmm. here, they're telling you you need to eat fatty foods to make sure that you have enough fat in the milk. It was just like, there's so many things happening. And 
she was doing better, got her to eat, got her weight up. We were ready to go home. We were literally going home. The doctor came in in the morning and was like, how would you like to take her home? And I'm like, like, yes, yes. Like that's what I want more than anything in the world. And I had spent all this time away from my boys because we were an hour and a half away from home at the hospital. And that day, as we were getting ready to leave, we were like, we had the car pulled around and everything. We were literally ready to walk out of the hospital and she had another seizure. And I was devastated. I mean, like I hadn't even hardly cried the entire time. Cause I was just like, okay, like what's next? What are we going to do? How do we stabilize her? Like very like medical mode. And in that moment, for hours. I just like sat there. I mean, they rushed in, they did all the things. She was hooked back up to EG. Like it was a whole thing. It was so traumatizing, but inside of me, something at the time I thought just kind of broke. Like I felt myself just like lose touch with reality. And what I realize now is like, that was the spiritual moment where I was looking at her in the Vasana, all hooked up to all of the wires again and not knowing what the future held. And it was like, I could feel it inside of me. I could feel my energy connect to her energy. Like I could feel her energy. And it was like, I could feel her telling me like, it's going to be okay. And I could feel myself giving her the calming peace that like I wanted her to feel in her body at the moment. And it was just the most surreal thing. It went on for hours and I didn't know it for two years, but two years later, I realized that that's what that really was. And so you know, I think that a lot of times with spirituality, we're like trying so hard to like, to learn it and understand it. But the months after that, I met so many amazing people. And I remember meeting this one person. Um, I was marketing the book at the time. She had me in her podcast. I was doing a podcast interview and she um, is a psychic medium. And I mean, I only kind of believed in it. <laughs> to be honest, I only like kind of <laughs> believed in her. So I was like, well, okay. But the things that her and I talked about when we got off of that podcast interview was crazy. She told me things that she couldn't know. And she told me like, I I was going to be here, like doing all of the things that I'm doing now. Like, she's like, you're going to be able to do it. She's like, I know right now you don't see how you're going to make any money doing this. She's like, but I'm telling you, you're going to do this. This is what you're supposed to do. And I am, I mean, I'm making six figures. I replaced my salary. Like I, my husband's home with us now. Like she was right. And it's so crazy, but those were my experiences where like sometimes you don't need to try to believe and you it's if you're feeling afraid there's probably a reason so it's a little bit of like asking yourself what is that fear really about underneath it and answering that question over there because it's holding you back from something you're called to something for a reason like if you're being called to cards and you really just like want to learn more about them if you feel afraid of that there's some kind of mindset piece inside of you from the past that's giving you that the fueling that fear. And so it's looking at that. I know for me that, you know, my past doesn't support this. I grew up Catholic. Like this is definitely a no, no, <laughs> all the things, but it's allowing myself to step into my own with it in my own time. It wasn't like this. It was like little things happened. And then now I look back and I can recognize what all of those things were. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that magical story. And it is just like you had on this one perspective. And then with that moment and your with your daughter, it was like you were seeing life through a different shade, a different perspective where you were connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was by far one of the most powerful moments I've ever had. I mean, I can remember that moment like I'm still in it. That is how intensely powerful it was. It was 
it was just strange. I remember too, like I was somebody who like once all the crying ended, you know, you're like crying. And then it was like, I just sat there and there were just, there was a constant stream of tears like on my face. It's just, they didn't stop, you know, and I wasn't crying anymore, but it was like, everything was just like coming out of me. You know, all of these things that I had been holding onto for so long, it was like, they all were just coming out right in that moment. Um, it was, it was really powerful. Yeah. And on that note, because I know you haven't told the listeners this, but I know that you have spoken about this in our program about how you have never really been a crier in your life. And a lot of the the work that that we do is kind of around like actually like feeling your emotions and like getting in touch with your body. And I know I have a lot of listeners who, especially who are neurodivergent, who have just like cut off everything from like the head down and they feel like they are feeling their emotions, but it's just a lot of like intellectualization of where they're processing things like, oh, it makes sense that I'm anxious because this happened today. And so what advice would you have for anybody who has just like shut everything down and like, isn't a crier and isn't a big emotion person? Yeah, I definitely am not an emotional person. I definitely somebody who don't, I don't talk about my feelings. I don't show my feelings. I don't cry. Um, I was, I was definitely that person. And I can remember like the second time that I had that like break moment where I was like broken, <laughs> like what is happening to me? And, um, I know that, you know, you've interviewed Nicole in the past. And so I know that Nicole has, has an episode in here somewhere. Um, so when I first started working with Nicole as my coach, um, you know, she kept talking about feelings. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. You know, and I only kind of believed her, um, as most of us do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got into one of my launches. It wasn't my first launch. It was like a couple in, you know, I had a couple go, go well, but then like I had one and I was like, I knew like, I really needed it to go well, you know? And I did the pitch, I did the workshop, all the things. And like, nobody bought. And I went to bed and I was like, it's going to be fine because I'm going to wake up in the morning and somebody's going to have bought my thing and it'll be great, right? Nobody bought my thing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that next day, like I faced all of the things. It was like all of the fears of nothing working were like in front of my face. And I was looking at them and I was like, oh, it's terrifying. Like I have, you know, three kids to feed and I've invested all of this money into myself. I mean, programs for my business, but for myself, right? And I so badly wanted this to work and like some part of me could feel it working, but like, it was like, I could see it floating out there, but I couldn't touch it. And every time I'd like try to touch it, it would like disappear. And I'm like, why can't I just have the thing? Right? Like, just let me grab it and hold on to it. And I was like, so frustrated. And I remember that next day, like I couldn't stop crying all day. And I remember I taught that day. So I remember like needing to get my shit together well enough to go teach a class and I taught, I, I taught online. So I just had to hold it together in between the breaks. <laughs> and uh, I taught the class, but the rest of the day, I remember sitting on the couch and I was watching Disney movies with the kids. So Liza was a baby at the time. She was only like, maybe like seven months old or so. It was in September of 2020. Um, the boys were little and we just watched Disney movies. And I literally sat there and just same thing as at the hospital. Tears, just like, I wasn't even crying anymore, but I couldn't stop them. They were just like rolling down my face. And I was like, why am I crying? And Nicole's like, because you haven't cried in 70 years. Like you need to cry. And I'm like, Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> like, I don't have time for this. That's what I kept thinking. I have time for this. And she's like, right. She's like, you don't have time for this, but that's why you haven't sold anything because 
you won't make time for this. And so now you get to do it, whether you like it or not. Right. And I know that you can hear her saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to, <laughs> but that was the thing for me. And so what I realized in those moments is that I thought I was feeling feelings because I thought I was doing the work with Nicole. Like I thought I was like, yeah, like I'm feeling the feelings and I'm letting them out. And it's like, I was feeling feelings like for anybody who's ever been on like anxiety medication or depression medication, it's like stunted feelings, right? It's like you can feel the feeling, but it's like not fully there. It's why we give people who are going through grief after like losing somebody. It's why we give them anxiety medication because it helps stunt the grief just a little bit. So it's a little bit more bearable because it's so unbearable in the moment. So we, we try to just like cushion it a little bit, right? By taking a little bit of the edge off. However, when we continue to do this to ourselves naturally, right? I mean, I wasn't on anxiety meds at the time, but it just naturally was a part of how I lived and what I did, decisions that I made. Like I just didn't let myself go deep that I was protecting myself. And so the problem with not feeling emotions on that level, because a lot of people are like, I don't want to feel bad emotions, right? But when you don't feel everything, you are feeling nothing. So when you are only feeling 10% of sadness or fear, you're also only experiencing 10% of joy. And for me as a mom, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I want to feel it all. I want to be in there with all with my kids. I don't want to be hiding or protecting. And so it was unlocking those doors and letting myself really feel the feelings, which I'm not going to lie, is pretty uncomfortable a good portion of the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there are so many times where I like feel that anxiety or feel that fear coming up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with you right now. And then it's like an hour or two later, I'm like, oh. I actually need to deal with this right now. If I don't want to feel like I like comparing it to like an Eeyore cloud over my day when I'm just trying to shove aside the anxiety, it's still hanging on. Uh, And that brought up though, you were saying earlier about how like people in the spiritual communities, it's like, they're always like trying to, to do things. They're trying so hard to, to, to get the magic, to get the manifestations, like reading all of the books, trying to do all of the things when I think what you have really taught me the most is that it's not a doing energy. It's more of a being energy. And this taps a lot into like that left brain, right brain concept that I like to use with my clients a lot is that when we try to left brain logic our way through everything, we're completely leaving out the right brain, which is where like our intuition and our emotions and our imagination and everything is on board. And So I love how you teach like emotions and like feeling deeper into things, because I really do believe that is what has allowed me to tap into my gifts on a deeper level by allowing myself to go deeper and feel the things and be in more of a state of being rather than doing all the time. Yeah. And I got to be honest. I mean, the thing that that wasn't the person I always used to be like at all, (laughs) I was definitely a doer and it was having my daughter that changed that for me because I did do all of the things, right? I like had no sleep. (laughs) I was like up around the clock, like pumping, trying to make more milk, like eating the foods, feeding her, fighting with doctors who I didn't agree with like their approaches, right? Like very politely fighting with them. But you know, I mean, at one point the doctors looked at me and I mean, Liza's prognosis wasn't good. So like, let's just share that, right? Like the fact that like 
we were told she was going to have cerebral palsy. She was not going to be able to move the left side of her body, that she was going to have feeding issues. Um, the only thing that they said should be okay was her cognition, which I mean, at the time I was so grateful for. And I was like, oh my God, thank God she's like going to have that. But like all of these other things, right. And like, you're looking at this little tiny newborn baby who's six pounds and you're just thinking, how can this be the life that like, she's going to have like this? And I, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, I just don't like, I literally, and every cell of my body, I do not believe this to be true. And I couldn't, I couldn't like align with that. And so, you know, them telling me things like at one point they're like, well, we're going to take her into surgery and give her a feeding tube. And I was like, no. And they were like, yes. And I was like, no, she has an NG tube. She doesn't need a feeding tube. And they were like, well, she needs to be able to go home eventually. And she can't go home with an NG tube. And if we send her home, if we keep her here longer, she's going to develop developmental disabilities. So you have a choice. You can either put a feeding tube in or she can develop disabilities. And I was like, okay, what about the third option? There's a third option here. The option is no feeding tube. And she also doesn't have developmental disabilities. Like, what about that option? And I was like, very like taken aback that like, they were so like, they could only see the tunnel vision of like what they believed to be true for her. And like in those moments, you know, I had to, had to be in the doing energy, right? Like I had to be in the, like, I don't believe in this. And like, I don't approve that. Like she can't, she's not getting that. And I, and I didn't, I didn't approve it. And that was when I like put myself in the energy of like, I'm going to make sure that this girl eats. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to feed her those bottles. And truth be told, the, the struggle that we had at the time was that she was on so many meds and the meds weren't working for her. They weren't controlling the seizures. So we had to keep putting her on more meds and increasing doses. At one point she was on, one of her meds was double what it should have been for her body weight, but it was just metabolizing when they would test her body. Like it wasn't in there, like it should be. And so we were having a very hard time stabilizing her. And when we were in those moments, I was just like, you know, feeding her around the clock because she was falling asleep eating. So she would eat like a couple like milliliters of milk and she would pass. I mean, I'm talking like pass out, like mouth open, like she's out. Right. And so we couldn't get her to stay awake long enough to eat it because she was so weak that the drinking out of a bottle was exhausting. It was like a workout for her. And so, um, that was what the feeding tube purpose was, was we would feed her as much as we could in a bottle. And then she'd need the tube to get the rest of the nutrients that she needed to gain weight. And so I became, I was like on a mission, like I'm going to do all the things and get this girl to eat. And I had this one nurse who was incredible and helped on this journey so much. Like she, like she did, she cared as much as I did and like made sure she was like helping in between. Um, but that moment when she had those seizures that day, when I was supposed to take her home, it was like, I did everything I was supposed to do. I was in the doing energy. I checked every box. I got her weight up. I got her eating. Like she wasn't spitting up. Like her seizures were under control. Like I did all of the things. And I, I on some level felt in that moment, like I was, I lost, you know, I lost what I wanted. I wanted her to be healthy. I wanted her to go home. I wanted to be a family of five. Like I wanted these things. And no matter what I did, it didn't work. And that's when I had that connection with her. And there was this like calm feeling of like surrender. It, it was like giving up, but it wasn't giving up. It was surrendering. And there's a very distinct difference between that. And it was like, it's safe to let go. And like, when you have a child who has had near death experiences for two weeks, letting go is not something that feels comfortable on any level. You want to fight, but 
I needed to at some point look at the circumstance and realize that the fighting energy wasn't winning. And so I had that powerful lesson and what it was to shift from doing to being. And anytime I feel like I'm fighting in my life with anything, you know, money or, you know, decisions or relationships, I can bring myself back to that moment when I felt that with her and tap back into surrender. And so this is that dangerous place when we don't feel our feelings, everything starts to feel the same, which means we don't have the tools to help ourselves. I have that tool to help myself because I let myself feel it in that moment. So now I can feel it anytime I want and allow myself to surrender and get back into that, that tranquil feeling that I really want to feel in my life. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. And also like, I know that I see a lot of fitness clients coming up with that too, where they, they have done everything right. And they're in that fighting energy with their body and it's still not working because they're missing this being piece because their bodies are filled with so much stress and anxiety that they probably don't even feel that their cortisol levels are off the chart. And there's so many hormonal things going on because of that as a result. And so how do you, I know you have this concept called fulfillment first that you use. And for me, like when the way that you teach that really kind of helps get into that being energy more so. And I would love if you could like explain that concept. Yeah. And so fulfillment first, you know, on the very surface level where, you know, the majority of listeners when they first hear this are going to be at is it's, you know, choosing what fulfills you and putting that first before everything else. Right. So this starts out like, you know, going for a walk rather than like, you know, doing something for someone else or, you know, going and getting yourself the coffee that you never let yourself buy yourself, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's really so much more than that. You know, it's being able to get on that deeper level of really knowing what fulfillment is for you. Because this is like one of those questions where when I ask clients questions, like if I'm going to work with a new client, like I'll say to them, like, who are you? And like, what do you want? Like, what do you really want? And people do not know the answer to these questions. Like if you actually are in an interview right now with somebody and somebody said to you, I'm interviewing you and I want to know who you are. You're like, um, I don't know. (laughs) There's not a great answer. Right. And it's the same thing for what do you really want? And the truth is most of the time we don't have an answer because we're afraid to say the real answer out loud. And so fulfillment first is really about being able to get onto those deeper layers of what you truly want, not the surface level. Cause surface level is like, well, I want a million dollars or, you know, I want 10 new clients this week, or I want to lose 30 pounds. Like that's where they're coming from for fulfillment. But that isn't real fulfillment. Real fulfillment comes from the layers within that. Like when you have that, how are you going to feel? And understanding that we can't have that thing we want because we haven't gone into the feelings that are underneath. So the only way that we can manifest anything that we want is to become an energetic match for it. So if I want to have, you know, consistent 30K months, then I need to become an energetic match for being able to receive 30K months. And until I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to like look at the feelings and tap into the deeper level of fulfillment and understanding what that means for me as a human in my life and what I'm going to be doing when I have that result, I won't manifest it. And so fulfillment first is helping everyone get closer of integrating different areas of their life. Things like our parenting patterns. And, you know, this applies for both being parented by our parents and also parenting people in our life, not just kids, but dogs and family members and significant others. Like there's 
we show up in that parenting energy in different ways. It's looking at rest and rejuvenation, getting into that space of like, do you really rest? Do you really give yourself true rest or is it like your brain is still going and your body's laying down, but you're still going like a million miles a minute, right? It's like, what's the difference between like kind of resting and real like rejuvenation and getting into relationships, you know, personal relationships, um, client relationships, business relationships, all of these different things. And so fulfillment first is being able to look at 12 different areas of your life, those holistic pieces that come from my psych and occupational therapy background, looking at 12 areas of life and aligning them and understanding more about how you feel about them. So you can align those and get the results that you want in your life. I love that. <laughs> you know that I love that. And that concept, especially because it's draws it back to the way that you do one thing is the way that you do all things and how like, your health is so much more, like I tell my clients, like it's so much more than a number on the scale or how many reps you can do in the gym. It is like your quality of life, how much you enjoy your life, your relationships in your life contribute to your health. And that is one thing that I'm really grateful for you for, for like drawing in all of those pieces, because if I don't feel aligned in this one area of my life, then I'm not fulfilled and how that impacts my business and everything too. Yeah, it absolutely shows up in every place of life. And I mean, it's like you said, it's like the number on the scale. It's the number isn't the relevant part. You know, it's the feeling, it's the understanding, it's all of the other pieces that come into that. And it's knowing that like this fulfillment first impacts any result you want. So if you're somebody who's, you know, has a business and you're like, I want to make more money. I want to have more clients. Like it's going to impact that. If it's like, you know, I'm trying to get healthier and I want to lose weight and like feel healthier and more aligned in my life. It's going to help you with that. Like, it's literally going to help anything that you have. You're like, I want to have better relationships in my life. Going to help you with that. And so it's understanding that like, when you look at your life and you're like, I wish this one thing was different. The answer is almost always going to be fulfillment first, because when you are filling that space for yourself and understanding what it really means for you first, so much easier for everything else to just fall in place because you know what you really want and you know why you want it and how to align the pieces to get it. Yeah. And then that brought up another idea that we have talked a lot about is that sometimes we like subconsciously prevent ourselves from reaching our goals because reaching our goals does impact every area of our life. And that we're scared. I know like for some clients that if they reach the fitness goals, then their boss might think that they're not a hard enough worker because how do they have time to to be fit or that their friends might reject or abandon them because all of their friends have been in circles of the same yo-yo patterns over and over. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it impacts, it ripples in so many different ways. And so it's like just being able to be in that space where it's like bringing awareness to the fact that there's so many layers, you know, there's so many layers to what we want and how we want to get there. But like the bottom line is when we don't have something we want in our life right now, it's because of something we aren't willing to look at. It's a feeling we're not willing to have. It's a relationship. We're not willing to either talk to them, set boundaries and, or end the relationship, you know? And so it's when we stay in these patterns in our life, it's going to impact the bigger, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's why it's so important to do this deeper mindset work, because if you have been going through the same 
patterns, whether it's in business or fitness, there's a reason for it. It's not because you're lazy or broken or any of the things that we tend to tell ourselves in our heads. It's that there, there's something there that you're not willing to look at. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear since I want to drop back to Reiki again, how has Reiki impacted your clients' lives and how, what results have they gotten from energy healing sessions with you? Yeah, it's definitely, it, Reiki creates the most interesting ripples, right? Where it's like so different for everybody. Um, you know, I definitely had clients come through and um, it's helped a lot with like anxiety. So like talk like base level of like creating safety in our life and um, being able to feel more like in tune with ourselves and feel safer in that space. And so definitely like that result, you know, it giving that sense of tranquility and peace in their life. And then, you know, moving through that, it's like money. I mean, money. And it it's because when we have these feelings inside of us and we're not feeling whole as ourselves, it's very difficult to attract things. And so a lot of times people are blocking things like money. So it's not really like the Reiki drew money in, but it's that the Reiki allowed them to be in the space of getting to know themselves better and feeling more comfortable and at peace and calm and safe. So the money that was sitting there not coming in because they had those things going on, all of a sudden the door opens and it's able to, you know, float on in and they're able to have receive and on a deeper level in that way. Um, in order to receive Reiki, you have to be open to receiving. So naturally just going through a Reiki session, you're going to be there like working on being able to receive, right. And like opening and surrendering to being able to receive the healing. When you do that, of course, it's going to open other channels for receiving as well. Um, so that's definitely a part of it. Um, other results, I, I know that I've done a lot of like group Reiki sessions. Um, so one of them was back in the Manifest the Moon retreat, which was quite a while back. Um, and there were some incredible results in that retreat. We had people closing $100,000 clients, um, incredible, incredible results. And so definitely a lot of like monetary things. Um, but I would say... One of one of my one-on-one clients who I've been working with for quite some time. So we worked off and on. Um, but she's completely changed her life. You know, she was in a very toxic, terrible relationship, very codependent, very enabling, like it was really not great. Um, and she's created the safety in her life to leave, to move on, to to face some of her fears and and uncertainties around, you know, um, he had kids. And so she didn't want to lose that role of like being a mom and wasn't quite sure like how she felt like losing that role, you know? Um, and so working through a lot of the safety of that and be able to become the person who could change her life in this way. And now she's doing amazing things, you know, and she has a new job and she's met somebody and she's so happy. And it's like, she's still in the transitional period. So it's still a little like uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable because she wasn't feeling her feelings before. So her feeling even happy right now is a little bit like aversive, you know, because like, I don't know if I could feel that feeling. And it's like, you can feel that feeling, you know? And so it's helped her align so that she's able to be able to receive and really feel those feelings, which is completely life-changing. You know, even if it's just that one person that gets helped on that level, imagine the trajectory change in her life of going from being in a terrible relationship to having this incredible relationship and living a life of not being afraid and not feeling scared and not living in scarcity and being able to instead live a life of happiness and, you know, feeling safe just in her own home. Like 
there doesn't need to be anything more than that. Yeah. And that's the real impact of the work that we do. Like the, it's not about the weight loss for me. It's for creating that deeper sense of fulfillment and like true confidence and, and empowerment and that feeling, helping women to feel powerful and strong and all of those things and not just a lower number on the scale. That was kind of why I didn't really enjoy being a fitness coach before I joined you and Nicole's program because it wasn't fulfilling because I wasn't able to tap into these deeper layers with them and how you were saying with Reiki and how it helps you to create that base level of safety in the body. Like there are so many reasons why people do not feel safe losing weight and then will subconsciously like self-sabotage to prevent that because of all of these fears that they might have from some memory in childhood or fears of getting more visibility, fears of being seen and and all. And, and so Reiki helps to create that sense of safety in a way where I think you don't even necessarily have to do all of the digging. Yeah. And I think that's important to know is that like one of the big things that Nicole helped me with a lot was like, I, I was starting to get into that phase where like, I felt like I needed to dig deeper. I needed to find more answers and understand why I felt the way I felt or why this happened or that happened. Right. And there's some point in where we don't have to dig for the answers. We can just trust that the answers are inside of us somewhere. And there's a reason that we don't know them, you know, and there's a reason that our subconscious has, has locked them out and told us like, no, like you don't need to open that door. And so there's no need to go over there with a crowbar and pry it open and learn all the things you know, we can, we can heal without knowing everything. And so what that really is, is just deciding to move on to just decide like today, I'm going to become the person that does this thing. Right. And to be able to soothe those feelings along the way, but it does require feeling your feelings. You know, it does require creating safety to feel them, you know, watching you walk, like really walk into this space where you've transformed and like embodied your beliefs and the skills and the powers that you have inside of you. It's amazing. You know, watching your stories every day, like getting to see like the transformation from a year ago to where you are today. Like it's incredible. And I know that the journey hasn't always been comfortable, but that's that saying, right? Get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where the growth really happens. And it opens new opportunities for us, not just money, right? But opportunities in how we think and feel and really getting what we want in our life. Thank you. And what you were saying about doing the digging, like that reminds me where like a year ago, almost a year ago to the day when I got out of the narcissistic abusive relationship, I started to go down this tunnel of like, how did this happen? When has this happened before in my life? Where did this come from? And like digging and digging and digging. And then like, oh my gosh, maybe it's because I have ADHD. Oh, or maybe I have autism and maybe it's this. And like trying to like find out all of the reasons why I'd gone through all of this trauma. And then it was like you and Nicole, like you kind of saying like, it doesn't really matter. And like, it's almost like the more digging I was doing, the more that I was hurting myself and keeping myself in that like state of constant fear And then through like the other side of it, just being able to be like, okay, like I'm sure like if it's important for me to know, then it will come back up, but I don't need to look for what's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's allowed you to get to where you are today. You know, I mean, imagine had you kept that going down that path and hurting yourself, you know, digging deeper and deeper for what reason? And it's remembering that a lot of times we feel the need to dig deeper because there is a pattern of hurt there. 
And so we're used to being hurt. And so when that hurt is like removed, we want more of it. And so like, I often I'll have clients like say to me, they're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how this happens, but like, I always have chaos in my life. My life is just full of chaos all the time. And it's like, right. Because you have chaos inside of your body. And when you have chaos on the inside, your outside is almost always going to match the frequency. If you want things to change, you need to choose to change it on the inside. And so if we're digging and digging and that's hurting ourselves, we're going to continue to attract relationships that hurt us on the outside too, because we want to be hurt. It feels good. It feels safe because it's comfortable, because it's what we know. And we always are going to be more afraid of the unknown because if we're here and we're hurt, we know what the hurt feels like, right? It's like familiar to us. But what if we go over here and it's a different kind of hurt? And what if we're we're afraid of that? We don't know what it's going to be. What if it's worse, right? It's like the grass isn't always greener concept, right? Talk about like such a scarcity concept of teaching people things. The grass isn't always greener. Like you should stay where you are when you're miserable because you never know. Like you, you never know what's going to be on the other side. And it's like, right, you don't. But couldn't you just jump to the next yard or the yard after that? Like you can keep jumping the yards so you find the one you want. Like we have these choices inside of us, but we do have a tendency to not, when we can't see what's going to be there, we don't know how it's going to feel. We avoid it at all costs. And so it's kind of just remembering the thing of giving yourself what you really need in the moment and knowing that you don't deserve to be in that space where you are in pain. And so choosing to believe that you can shift out of pain and there will be something else there that doesn't have to be painful. And if it is, choose again, because there's definitely another door there that's just waiting to be opened. Thank you for that, Liz. Um, That hits and that means a lot and everything. And I would love um, if you could leave the listeners with maybe some little like daily energetic, any witchy practices that you have is like our last question. Yeah. So um, every day I do an energetic check-in. So every day I'm checking in with myself and I'm asking myself on a scale of one to 10, like what's my energy today? Um, And I think one of the biggest things for me in the integration of the energy level has been really asking myself, like, what do you really need from yourself today? And knowing that like every day I wake up different, we all do. Right. Um, but today, for instance, I woke up and you know I had a little bit of like a neck ache, but going into like having a headache. And I was like, just not feeling like super energized. And, um, I was just kind of like, okay, like I have all these things I want to do today. Right. And so it's that feeling of like waking up tired and knowing like we had a million things we want to do and feeling frustrated by that feeling. And so what I have been integrating is just this concept of really giving myself what I need, like checking in with myself regularly throughout the day and allowing myself to just have whatever the thing is that I'm feeling like I really need in the moment. And so sometimes it's, you know, an extra glass of water. Sometimes it's, stretching. Sometimes it's just closing my eyes for 15 minutes. It's giving myself what I need. And I have regularly been able to shift physical feelings by integrating some of the psychological, spiritual type of context. Um, And so it's definitely something of like allowing myself to connect with spirit and, and being able to move and shift the energy in my body to get more comfortable and feel more aligned and how I really want to feel in those moments. So definitely a daily practice is checking in energy levels and then regularly asking myself throughout the day, like, what do I need right now to be at my optimal level to be like how I really want to feel? Hmm. Yeah. And then that just ties in that aspect of like intuition where you are asking yourself that question and giving yourself what you need instead of trying to force the, the logical way that you should be doing things. 
Yes. Because I could tell you today was not a should day. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give myself what I need today throughout the day. And it always works. It's easy for people to look at that and say, then how do you get everything done that you need to do? And it's like, it's not going to get done when I have a migraine. Like if I don't take care of myself in the moment when I can feel a slight headache coming on, then I'm going to set myself up in the trajectory of the rest of the day of feeling awful. So it's like by intuitively checking in with me and giving myself what I need, it makes everything better. And so um, I have definitely more than doubled my efficiency in everything that I do in using this practice. So this is something where as you get better at doing the practice, listening to yourself, taking action on what you need, everything else follows and gets better. Thank you. And thank you so much for all of the knowledge that you have brought to this podcast and for everything that you do with Nicole and I and Wonderworld and everything. And I would love if you could tell the listeners where they can reach you and all of the things. Yeah. So I'm mostly on Facebook. That's where I'm most active. So definitely on Facebook, um, I can give you a link. Um, I have a Facebook group called Manifesting Mamas. So diving in all the manifestation things and being able to align, you know, being a mom and all of the other things that we want to do as crushing our careers and being able to do it all. And so not needing to sacrifice one or the other, but getting to really believe that we can manifest all of the things. Hmm. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all of your wisdom with everyone. All right, guys, get out there, do some strong girl shit, lift some heavy weights. And remember, remember, remember just how powerful and innately magical you already are. Thanks for listening to another episode of Witchy Wellness with M. I'm on a mission to change the game with health and fitness coaching through adding in all of this mindset work you hear on the podcast. So if you love the show, please help me out by leaving a review. Remember, mindset alone won't get you to your goals, but when you combine it with action and strategy, you're limitless.